Welcome to the Above the Rim Game Day podcast presented by Penn Champions Club. I am Vince Kern along with the John R. Rockwell head coach of men's basketball, Steve Donahue. Coach Donahue, we're at that point of the year where there is not as much game action to preview and review, but on the review side, let's take a quick jump back to Dartmouth last week, but a lot of things went well. And it, it's it, you talked about needing to mix and match a little bit and figure out combinations with Clark Slackert being out of the lineup. Looks like Dartmouth is going to make a run. They're starting to eat into that big halftime lead. And then all of a sudden, Johnny Walter with a long one. And I think it was Nick Polonowski with a long one. And that really, I thought, helped stem the tide to kind of unlikely characters or the ones that, that, that righted the ship. And the Quakers went on to a, a pretty easy victory from that point forward. Yeah, I think you make a, a good point. We, we they they cut the lead to seventeen, and like when you're up that much, it's hard to, to keep a, a good team. And I think I think Dartmouth has a lot of pieces um, that are going to be a hard out as we go along in this league. But we needed to make a couple of shots because they were they were coming, uh, and Johnny who's a good three-point shooter from the five spot, and then Polnowski makes one, and and I think I agree with you. He closed out the game and kind of put it over 20, and I think we were pretty good at that point. Now, I'm not sure how much of the other teams you watch at this point, but one game in and kind of what you would have expected if you're, if you're looking at it, Princeton wins. I watched that Yale-Brown game. Yale looked. Yeah, I thought Yale was going to be pretty good this year. They looked really good against Brown. And Mike Martin, I thought, thought fought his team fought back pretty well and had chances to win that game. And Cornell, your upcoming opponent for Monday, Columbia gives them a hard time, but Cornell wins out in the end. But if, if you'd said to it going in, kind of what, what do you expect these results to be? Everybody kind of held serve, but a lot of competitive games. Yeah, we have such an interesting league because you – as you said, there's not a lot of games this time, so it's almost like a football schedule. You can watch everybody, prepare for the team you're preparing for. Uh, it's a round robin. Uh, we all know each other. There's a lot of veteran players, and I kind of agree with your assessment. Um, everyone is who they are, and um, I think all teams are good. There's This is as good a league, uh, and the numbers back it, since I've been coaching here since 1991 through eight. Uh, and I think it's apparent that you're going to have to play really well, no matter who you're playing to win. Um, and that, I thought, you know, as you said, all the games were what you thought, but in the same sense, you know, Columbia played Cornell really well. And I thought Brown did a terrific job against Yale as well. Now heading back to your old stomping grounds, we talked a lot about how you left Delco for all those years. One of your stops, Ithaca, New York, you might be the only guy to go from from Ridley to Ithaca, but you're up there a good long time. I'm sure they'll have the marching band queued up for your return. Talk about what it's like. I know we've we've talked about it before, but but going back there year after year and, and the memories that you had up there with some of those great Cornell teams. You know, Vince, I um I, I literally put it out of my mind. I, I just it's hard to be emotional and still coach what you got in front of you. So I, I've never done that. And and I, I had obviously incredible experiences, but when I think back about Cornell, like I do with Penn, but there's a little difference with Penn 
in the sense that I've always grew up with Penn basketball. I always looked at myself as a Penn person, uh, as a coach, as a fan. And then at Cornell, I think of the players that I coached and those memories. And when we go up here now, it's there's a an ex Princeton player on the other sideline, and here we go. We gotta we gotta compete. They're a really good team, and I got enough to worry about with all the stuff that Cornell does. We talk about how you have evolved since leaving your Delco roots, and I am stuck in my mid twenties. And and some at some point, these therapy sessions will kick in. But in terms of evolution. Is there a coach out there that has evolved more than Brian Earl? I mean, what a, a hell of a player. It had a lot of success as, a, as an assistant at Princeton. And and then all of a sudden, you get that COVID time where, where there weren't a lot of games, where, where there was a lot of time to be practicing. And, and he comes out on the other side of it, and it seems to have completely changed his coaching philosophy, where you know it, it, the, the Princeton way – was always you know okay we're going to work it around a little bit we're going to we're going to look for the best shot and they they generally Mitch and and Chris Mooney and the Princeton guys over the years have sped that up but nobody like Brian Earl he is he is like he's the Paul Westhead of Ithaca he is I mean it's not too far off um, the numbers back it up and it's not just that they press it is their offense which you touched on they shoot the second most. Uh, in the first 10 seconds of the shot clock in the country. And they're number one efficient at twos, and they're up there in threes in the first 10 seconds. On a made basket, they're number two in the country in pushing it and getting shots up. I give them a ton of credit. Uh, I mean, as a coach, that's really hard. It's really hard to, to go from one extreme to the other. And I give him a lot of credit. He saw what he had in a bunch of kids that – he could probably play all of them because they're all pretty even, and maybe we can do something. And it's really worked. They they haven't lost a non-league game that wasn't a guaranteed pay game in three years. Literally like twenty-seven and zero. It's crazy. And in the league, they're a handful, and they're a really good basketball team. And you got to prepare for this. It's not like you can think you're going to go. Oh, you know, we'll do what we do. This is that dramatically different that you got to get your guys understanding how different this game is. Now, you talked if, – if you and I were doing a game together and you dropped a stat like that on me, Joe Torrey does this all the time. Oh, this number two in this, number two in that. And my question is, as an analyst, I was, okay, well, who's number one? Right? So if Cornell number two in shots in the first 10 seconds of the shot clock, I know you know who number one is. This is a teaching Joe Torrey. Kentucky? Kentucky, yeah. So they're number one in first ten seconds. Are they also number one in the first ten second efficiency? Is that the only team Cornell's trailing in both categories? No, I do not know if Kentucky's efficient. I just know they're second there. I could easily get to that, man. Man, we got so many different angles. But just to think how dramatically different that is. No one in our leagues in the top one hundred. Well, and I mean, at this point now, now that you know my mo. You know, the next time you drop a, hey, this number two, <laughs> you're have both ready. ready to go. Torty, after all these years, still, you know, like you say, hey, Joe, who's number one? And all of a sudden you start hearing the crickets. He's, you got, know. he's got three kids. He's juggling now, Vin, man. He's he got can't, four. You can't expect him. He's got four. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. 
right? Who, he needs a better who has four kids in the right mind? Under seven. Wow. Right? No wonder so he's trying to do so many games. He, who knew that I was going to be his therapy after all these years? <laughs> so you've talked about what a dramatic change it is playing a team like Cornell. What do you do going into that? Do you go a little deeper? Do you sub earlier in the first half? I know you know you you and Rainbow love the the subs to dictate tempo. Is that something that you do as as well? Like how do you combat what Brian Earl is going to try and do? The number one thing, like I didn't, you don't watch it on film and feel it, but in the games you do. I'm literally trying to beat him to the substitutions. Like I want our guys to feel like, hey, we're we're subbing, we're playing hard. So you're going to see, in particular, the first half, like you're going to see 10 guys play and rotate minutes. And, you know, we're going to do what we want to do against them. And I don't want fatigue to be a factor. In particular, I don't want fatigue to be a factor the last 10 minutes of the game. And I want to do it because it's it can do it. Uh, you you have to understand that. And I tell the guys, like it's just – it's just a whole different game that you've ever played, and you're going to see some crazy possessions on both sides. You can't get lost in all that and understand that it's going to happen and embrace this challenge of the craziness. And at the same time, your ability to kind of put the ball in your hip sometimes, like let's 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 walk this one up and see if we can get one. But they don't let you sometimes, but you still have to have that as part of your philosophy. It feels like watching them over the last couple of years that there are games where there are, are wild swings. And I'm not even just talking about momentum swings. There's there's a nine point run. There's a 12 point run. And it happens in the, in the course of a minute, and nine seconds, both ways. Right. They play so fast that you're never out of it. But they have that ability. Uh, they won that game against Yale last year up there. Where like all of a sudden you looked up and the next thing you know, I'm texting James Jones on the bus saying, tough one, dude. He said, I had no idea what hit me. It is. It's so true. We talk about it like you, you, you're going to see a 10-pointer and you're going to look up and like, hey, you're down 10 or you're up 10. We were up last year. So last year it was two years ago. And we're up by 21 with 10 to go. They scored 39 points in the last 10 minutes after scoring 27 in the first 30. It was wild. If you're down, I told the guys this, if you're down, no matter what I'm talking about, hey, they may be a little less switching, they're coming after you. And you got to handle it. And you almost expect it. You know what I always like to say? When you roll around in the mud with the pigs, everybody gets covered in slop. But the difference is the pigs like it. And I think Cornell playing that frenetic up and down, just kind of make it as crazy as you can. They're comfortable with that. And that will be the test on Tuesday or excuse me, on Monday afternoon up there in Ithaca, New York. Yep. I agree with that, Vin, man. It's well, well put. The only thing I say is like for that day, we got to slap it up and embrace that mud as well and get ourselves dirty and, the grittier, tougher team's going to win this game because I think both teams are really wired the same way. They both compete at a high level. There's a high level of skill. So it's going to be all those, you know, bad pun, dirty plays that you talked about. There you have it. Straight from the horse's mouth, the John R. Rockwell head coach of men's basketball, Steve Donahue. 
This has been the Above the Rim Game Day podcast presented by Penn Champions Club. I am Vince Curran, the Quakers against the Cornell Big Red in Ithaca on Monday.